kids. Have you guys ever built a treehouse? Well, get out your tools, because today you get to build your dream treehouse. Okay, what location will you build your treehouse in? And what pet do you want to live in it? A, a tropical rainforest with a gorilla. B, a cypress swamp with a python. Or C, a woodland forest with a baby deer. What type of tree do you want to build in? A strong, beautiful rainbow wood eucalyptus? A huge mango tree, so you can grab some fruit whenever you're hungry. Or a palm tree that sways in the breeze and rocks you to sleep at night. How do you want to enter your treehouse? A rope ladder? Rock climbing holds that are drilled into the trunk? A spiral staircase made out of dried vines? Or a trampoline? You've decided you want to build your treehouse to span between two different trees. To connect the two trees together, you're going to build floating monkey bars, a swinging rope bridge, or a zip line. At night to see, you will use tiki torches, fireflies in a jar, or bioluminescent glowing fungi. For your bed, you're going to choose a huge bean bag, a comfy hammock, a bouncy waterbed, or a friendly furry yeti. The reason we were up in the trees today is because this week in our scriptures, we learn about someone who climbs a tree. Have you ever heard this story before? Jesus met many people and did amazing things during his three years of ministry. One time, he met a small man with a big name. His name was Zacchaeus, and there are two things you should know about him. First, he was rich. Second, he was short. Zacchaeus was rich because he cheated by taking more tax money from people than he was supposed to. For that reason, just about everybody disliked Zacchaeus. As Jesus was teaching, many came to listen to him speak. Zacchaeus really wanted to see him too. He had heard of all the amazing things Jesus had done. The streets were filled with people, and Zacchaeus's curiosity grew stronger by the minute. Zacchaeus tried to get a good spot, but he was too short to see from behind the crowds. No matter how hard he pushed or how high he jumped, he couldn't even get a glimpse of Jesus. The crowds were too many, and the people were too tall. Finally, Zacchaeus found a solution. He ran ahead to where Jesus would eventually pass by, found a big sycamore tree, and climbed it. But then Zacchaeus got nervous. Jesus was coming right towards him. Here he was, sitting in a tree like a trapped cat, and Jesus was coming to look at him. Sure enough, Jesus stopped at the bottom of the sycamore tree and looked up at Zacchaeus. Jesus smiled at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. 
for I must stay at your house today. Imagine Zacchaeus' surprise when he heard that. Jesus was coming to his house. Zacchaeus scrambled down the tree and showed Jesus the way to his house. He was so excited. The bystanders, and especially some of the religious leaders, were shocked. How could this Jesus, who was a teacher of the law, go and eat with a sinner like Zacchaeus, they murmured. The religious leaders were right. Jesus did eat with a sinner. He visited Zacchaeus to teach him the truth and show him how to obey and serve God. Some of the religious leaders cared more about their own reputation than showing God's love to people around them. Zacchaeus knew that he had sinned by stealing money from people. He felt deep sorrow and regret. After receiving Jesus' love and forgiveness, he told Jesus, Look, I'm giving half of everything I own to the poor people, and for all the money that I've cheated people of, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus forgave Zacchaeus' sin. He said, Today, salvation has come to your house. That day, Jesus showed God's love to Zacchaeus, and it changed him. There is nothing more powerful than Christ's love. That's cool that the Savior saw Zacchaeus and called him by name. Well, of course, the Savior knows each and every one of us. Actually, we have some listener friends that are going to share experiences when they felt that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ were aware of them and loved them. My name is Holland, and I'm from St. George, Utah, and uh, I'm five years old, and uh, I want to show a experience of you when Heavenly Father loved me. I was laying in bed, hoping I didn't have dreams, then I had to. But then I said a prayer, and I, I was really scared that I would have more, but I didn't. And that made me feel so happy inside. My name is Tillman, and I'm three years old, and I do primary songs. And I be loved by Jesus. Hi, I'm Charlie, and I am nine, and I live in Oklahoma. And the time that I felt the Spirit was at soccer when I thought we would never win a game, and we won three different games. Hello, my name is Hannah, and my story when I felt the gospel is when we have a called nature school and it's outside and it's where I learn about nature and when I felt the gospel it was storming and I felt peaceful inside. So what did Zacchaeus do so that he could see Jesus? He ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up the tree where he knew Jesus would pass by. Addie, let's use the story of Zacchaeus to help us think of things we can do like Zacchaeus did to come closer to the Savior. We can read about Jesus in the scriptures. As we study in the scriptures, we will feel the love that Jesus has for us. We can learn from both his example and his words. Church is the perfect place to draw closer to Jesus Christ. 
Worshiping Jesus and attending church can help us learn more about Jesus from others who are striving to follow him. Serve others. When we treat others like Jesus did, we can learn more about him and become more like him. Follow his teachings. Jesus taught, if ye love me, keep my commandments. If we try to live a good life and repent whenever we fall short, we'll feel closer to Jesus and feel his love for us. In honor of Zacchaeus, this next game is called Short Report. We will name two famous short people. Can you guess which one is shortest? All right, who's the shortest actress? Is it Judy Garland who plays Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz? Or is it Carrie Fisher who plays Princess Leia in Star Wars? Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Princess Leia is only five foot one, but Dorothy is only four foot 11. So Dorothy is shortest. Who is the shortest male military leader? Napoleon, Genghis Khan, Winston Churchill, Alexander the Great, or Attila the Hun? Let's get down to business. Napoleon, Churchill, and Alexander the Great were all five foot six, which is pretty short. Genghis Khan was only five foot one, but the brutal Attila the Hun was only four foot eleven. Who was the shortest female world leader? Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, or Queen Victoria? You'd think it was Joan of Arc, who was just a teenager at five foot two, but Cleopatra was only five foot tall. Who was the shortest modern day prophet? This one's not multiple choice. You just have to take a guess. Our father lives, his son lives. I am so sure of this that I am willing to bear witness of it with the last effort of my tongue and lip. The shortest prophets are tied at five foot six. Lorenzo Snow and Spencer W. Kimball. Who's the shortest actor? The guy who plays Harry Potter? Or the guy who plays Frodo Baggins in Lord of the Rings? Holy cricket, you're Harry Potter. Despite their amazing editing, in real life, Frodo is one inch taller than the five foot five actor who plays Harry Potter. Who's the shortest world peace leader? Mahatma Gandhi or Mother Teresa? Time I was 12 years old, calling to, be, to belong to Jesus. Gandhi was only five foot four, with Mother Teresa coming in at just five feet. Who was the shortest musician? Ludwig van Beethoven or Wolfgang Mozart? This was close. They're both really short. Mozart is five foot four, but Beethoven is just five foot three. So in the scriptures this week, Jesus has his triumphal entry where he rides into Jerusalem and people are so excited. They're waving palm branches and they cheer for him. And then Jesus goes into the temple and he cleanses it. Wait, didn't he already cleanse the temple earlier in his ministry? Yes, he did. How many times do you guys see your moms clean the same thing over and over again? I feel like the maid. I just cleaned up this mess. Can we keep it clean for, for 10 minutes? <laughs> Things get dirty again. 
And this time, Jesus warned the priests that they were turning the temple into a den of thieves. The temple should be a sacred place. Yeah, and these guys were supposed to be religious and care about God. But they hated Jesus and weren't very kind to the people. This next thing that happens was something that I really didn't understand growing up. So if you guys can understand it, you must be pretty smart. Jesus had entered Jerusalem with his disciples late on the previous day. Because the hour was late, he only had time to look around and then he returned to Bethany where he was staying probably with his friend Lazarus. Now it's early the next morning and Jesus has left Bethany for Jerusalem, a walk of perhaps 45 minutes. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. After cleansing the temple, Jesus is leaving the city. He's hungry and he sees a fig tree. So he goes to eat some fruit off the tree. But when he gets closer, he realizes the tree doesn't have any fruit, just lots of leaves. So Jesus curses the tree and it immediately withers away. And the disciples were shocked. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. So I always thought this was a story about faith. But as a plant lover, I wondered, why did he have to kill the poor tree? But now I see the cursed tree was symbolic. A fig tree is often a symbol of Israel. Let's ask our friend Gary to explain. To some people, what Jesus did in cursing the fig tree might seem petty and unreasonable. But Jesus did nothing out of spite or malice. Everything he did, he did for a purpose. Jesus was acting out what would happen to Jerusalem for having the appearance of righteousness, but not its fruits, for rejecting him. Without Jesus, there can be no fruit. Fig trees exist to bear figs. We, you and I, exist to bear fruit. The fig tree was all show and no substance. It was covered with beautiful green leaves, but there were no figs there. You can fool others, but you can't fool Jesus. Jesus is coming to look for fruit in our lives. It's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace and patience. Will he find it or will he just find green leaves? So Israel lacked the fruit of repentance and obedience to God, basically cursing themselves spiritually. 
Right. Do you guys know what the word <laughs> Do you guys know what the word hypocrite means? Is it a place where hippos sleep? Nah. Hippo? Nope. Just kidding. It means someone who says one thing but does another. That's right. When Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, he tells them a story about hypocrites. Let's listen. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? So one son said he would help his dad, but didn't. The other son said he wouldn't help his dad, but changed his mind and did. So when Jesus asked, which of the two did what his father wanted? The answer's clear, the son who eventually obeyed and did the work. Jesus taught the scribes and Pharisees about the importance of truly living the gospel, doing the right things, not just pretending to be righteous. He was teaching us the importance of sincere obedience. Can you name some things you can do to be obedient at home? Hi friends, I follow Jesus by being obedient. I go to bed when my mom tells me it's time. I've loved reading the Book of Mormon ever since the missionaries introduced it to us. My favorite story is in the Book of Mosiah, when King Benjamin led his people through his faith. I want to be faithful and obedient to what my parents asked me to do. My friend and I were playing when he said we should play a prank on someone. At first it sounded fun, but then I remember President Gordon B. Hinckley's story about leaving money in a man's shoes by the roadside instead of stealing his shoes. I told my friend it wasn't a good idea, and I felt good for choosing the right. I will stand tall by being obedient when my parents ask me to do something. Okay guys, let's produce good fruits and be obedient and try to come closer to our savior. <laughs> That's what we have for this week. We apologize for my baby sister being very enthusiastic throughout this podcast. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thanks for listening and until next time. Stay on the